Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. Everyone on the podcast crew, please, if you would, just as a reminder, I am now making YouTube videos on Barca Buzz TV on YouTube. So if you could go give a subscription, you know, even if you listen to the podcast mainly, watch the videos through on mute if you have to, just would help me get some more uh, exposure as well. I've now started posting on TikTok a lot more, so you can find me there at Barca Breakdown, of course, on Twitter as well, at Barca Breakdown. So thank you all for listening on the podcast. If you would leave a review on Spotify and iTunes, five stars or whatever your honest review is. Now let's get to it. Super Bowl Sunday edition today, talking about the 1-0 victory of Barca against Villarreal in La Liga, putting us now 11 points ahead of Real Madrid, who just, you know, won the Club World Cup but didn't play this weekend in La Liga action. And what a game it was. As me and Yus used to say, this was really a game, a tale of two halves. Uh, you see that first half, Pedri with a just amazing, wonderful goal connecting with Lewandowski. Uh, you see, you know, Kessier coming in as that double pivot with Frankie rather than him playing more forward like he did against Sevilla. And so there's a lot to talk about and dig into. So let's get into it. I think the first thing we have to do is shout out three players who had wonderful performances, right? And I think first and foremost, you have to talk about Ronald Araujo. I feel bad for Araujo sometimes because, you know, I'm always fixated on Christensen and how amazing it is that Christensen, who had a good game again today, by the way, uh, came for free, 26-year-old. Uh, he is, you know, playing much better than we anticipated. But uh, behind that at all times is Ronald Araujo, who is just that stalwart line of the defense that we all know and love. And, you know, it's a big part of the reason why Barca have only allowed seven goals in La Liga in 21 games, 16 clean sheets out of 21 games. And it's part of why Marc-Andre Ter Stegen is up there with our player of the season. But Araujo, just as a one-man wrecking crew, really was too much for Villarreal to deal with at all, right? Villarreal could not get a lot of opportunities on goal. There was one just last second clearance uh, Araujo had that really saved us from the tie. I know at the end of the game, I think Chuck Weze had a goal that was called off offside and really had a sweating. But, you know, in a game when the, the second half didn't go our way and we really seemed to regress, kind of like we were, you know, earlier in January when we used to talk a lot about Barca letting the foot off the pedal after going up 1-0. This was really one of those games again, and it was largely due to Araujo's ability to stop some uh, counter-attacking opportunities that gave us the victory. I think also, of course, you have to shout out Pedri, right? I've been talking a little bit too much in the last few weeks here about Dembele's out, you know, uh, Lewandowski was out, who was going to score goals when we needed them in these tight La Liga games. And now Pedri has, I think he has three goals in the last five La Liga games. And I believe a stat I saw on ESPN was that in the first 22 games of the season, he only had three goals. And in the last, like, 10, he has four goals. And so he has really turned it up here when, when the team needs him most. And it's, it's beautiful to see, right? Because you think about Sevilla and you think about when Busquets goes down, what we do see is, is we see Frankie de Jong uh, staying in that role as a double pivot and then Pedri dropping back deeper. And, you know, there's a lot to be said. There was a great video done by my friend Jaleel, the purist, about, you know, Kessier and how he fits in this midfield. And, you know, Pedri does a really good job when he's put farther back and he's able to, you know, get balls over the top to Balde, to Lewandowski, to Rafinha. Uh, but really what we've liked to see in the last few weeks here is is this four-man midfield has allowed Pedri to attack more, to get more and play more of, of uh, you know, like a 10 instead of a 6, and really get the ball in the back of the net. And again today, him and Lewandowski, some one-touch passes that beautifully put him on and he he put away a tough you know opportunity right in front of the keeper and so besides that moment right we see Pedri throughout the game really uh 
you know, juking defenders, really, you know, using his body movement and feints to get free and to be able to, you know, wreak havoc on the opposition. And I, I was very impressed with his overall performance, along with Frankie De Jong. I think he's the other player we have to shout out. You know, Frankie De Jong... Uh, we've all talked about it, right? He had this summer where there was so much drama. He had the first half of the season when he wasn't really fitting in, when we were playing mostly a 4-3-3. But now that we've unlocked this four midfield system, it really does feel like Xavi has figured out how to get the best from Pedri, Gavi, Frankie de Jong, even Busquets. And now, you know, Kessier is showing his best performances. And of course, we all thought when Xavi took over the job, of course, if there's one man in uh, history who's able to, you know, coach midfielders and allow them to thrive, it would be one of the greatest midfielders of all time, Xavi. And it took a little while for us to get here, but you just see Frankie de Jong everywhere, right? Uh, instead of being on the left side of the double pivot, Today, we had him on the right side, basically exactly replacing what Busquets has been doing the last few weeks. And you see Frankie, you know, he had a beautiful over-the-top ball to Lewandowski. That should have ended up in a goal. I think he had some, you know, good defensive tackles, making sure that the opposition couldn't get out on a break. You have him just all over the pitch, uh, really trying to connect with Lewandowski and Rafinha and Pedri a lot. And just to see the development of Frankie de Jong under Xavi this season has been incredible. Right. Uh, you know, you, you show some of the tweets here. You can see just how everyone is nonstop talking about him, saying he's the best signing of the year. Right. Because, of course, even though we didn't sign him, uh, unlocking him and allowing him to play to his full potential is what we always imagined. Right. We, we look back to that Frankie at Ajax and his performance against Real Madrid and how everyone was hyping up at, at hyping him up as the next best midfielder in the world. And then you see the first few seasons here at Barca, and of course we were all left with the with more to be desired. And now that we finally have some structure under Xavi, we see him, you know, making adjustments, trying to figure out how to put all of the puzzle pieces together to have us succeed. You see Frankie De Jong really going crazy, and that is the interesting part as we look against Man Man United right coming up this Thursday, the early game, by the way. So make sure to check the time of that Man U Barca game. But you and the first leg is at the Camp Nou, which is huge because we really need to put away our chances. To to make sure that we go up because we all have some uh, PTSD from Barca in the second leg of European competitions away. And, you know, we again, we didn't try to go back to a 4-3-3. I think that was the main topic on a lot of our minds was, you know, is Xavi with Busquets out going to tr trust Frank Kessier? Is he going to put him into the double pivot? Is he going to put him up front like he did against uh, Sevilla? And that's the interesting part about Kessier. Right. Is that, you know, one of his best attributes is his physical strength, his ability to have his back to the net, you know, kind of bodying defenders, pushing them and then creating opportunities like we saw against Sevilla. That was exactly how he created the opportunity for Jordi Alba to score the first goal of the game. But instead, today, Xavi kind of did a 180. Right. He really caught me, you know, by surprise. I didn't expect to see. Uh, Frank uh, Kessier in that double pivot. I expected Pedri to again drop deep and to have Kessier up forward trying to connect with Lewandowski, Rafinha, and Gavi. But uh, it worked out well today, especially in the first half. We saw everything clicking and it was a performance we were all happy about, right? You see, you know, really the freedom of movement on the ball. You see the team pressing really well, including Kessier. Uh, defense is not necessarily his best attribute, according to the stats, but we do see him really challenging the opposition. You know, if he if he ends up in the corner with the ball, he's able to use his physical strength to make sure that, you know, we can try and clear it out. Uh, and so I was really impressed today with Frank Kessier. And I do think if you look at the game and you think about some of the issues we had, I mean, the big thing for me is just a lack of clinical finishing, right? This game finishes 1-0 uh, or 0-0 against Villarreal, and you just do think that Lewandowski and Rafinha should have taken a few more of those opportunities, put the ball in the back of the net, and given us a bigger lead. 
it's a bit paradoxical because like I said, and you know, I put up and talked about that quote from Pedri early in January saying, you know, when Barca go up 1-0, we kind of turn off. In the last few weeks, we haven't really seen that from this Barca team, right? We've seen us go up 1-0 and then really try and go for a second or a third goal, which is how you saw kind of the the floodgates open up against Sevilla and us win 3-0 at the end. And in this game, it looked like we got a little bit frazzled. That second half performance left a lot to be desired. Uh, you know, at times it felt like the team was just trying to move too fast, right? Uh, for a lot of the season, we've criticized Xavi's Barca for, you know, when they go up, just trying to hold the ball and kind of not play any aggressive passes, try and just be very conservative and make sure the opposition can't break on a counterattack. In this game, we almost had the opposite. I felt like the team was really just moving too fast, just continuously trying to, to pass forward without a real structure or plan on how to get the ball in the back of the net. And that left a lot of moments when uh, Villarreal were able to hit us on the counterattack. And, you know, players like Chuck Weze, who have had a good history against Barca, they really... Uh, you know, could have come today and put in a goal. He, you know, like I said, at the at the end of the game, he almost had a goal. There was a close handball call right at the, the death of the whistle today. And so if we're going to come against a Manchester United team that are looking very good, right, they, they did just draw leads in the, the midweek this week, but I did just see them win. You know, I think it was a 2-0 final score against Leeds again today. Uh, Rashford, Garnacho, their, their team is looking really good. And it's going to be huge for Barca to have Lissandro Martinez out uh, that first leg at the Camp new, but we're going to really need to finish our chances. And, you know, Lewandowski, especially in the first half, I tweeted, he's he's all over the pitch. He's connecting with players really well, but we really do need to see him make some clinical opportunities, especially as that elder statesman of the team, the person with, of course, the Champions League trophy with, you know, just a ton of trophies more than anyone else uh, besides Alba and Busquets. I really need to see him be a leader. And, and the way he's going to lead this team is by putting the ball in the back of the net in big moments, right? That first return to Bayern against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. We saw him miss a few opportunities. We saw Pedri as well miss opportunities. And I think when we come against, you know, Manchester United here, Pedri's going to have his chances. Rafinha's going to have his chances. But I don't have the confidence in them, whether it's Pedri, you know, still being very young or Rafinha not really getting his uh, goal-scoring boots under him so far this season. I really do think Lewandowski's going to have to be the guy to put the ball in the back of the net and, and help us, you know, take this W. And so that's that's what I'm on looking out for. I do have a plan to record a uh, pre-match video, which you guys will see shortly, uh, should be up Monday night. So just let me know in the comments what you thought about this game, you know, how you square away that first and second half, uh, you know, difference in performance and whether or not you feel confident going into Manchester United. Thank you, guys.